2: Side. Welcome to Cannabis Talk 101 featuring Blue and Joe Grande, the world's number one source for everything cannabis.
1: Hello, and welcome to Cannabis Talk 101, world's number one source for everything cannabis. My name is Blue, alongside me is Mr. Joe Grande, and you are now tuned in to the greatest cannabis show on the planet.
3: Yes, you are, you guys. Thank you for listening to our podcast all around the world. Me and Blue are in two different locations as our guest is in Missouri right now. So make sure you check out our podcast and check out the website Cannabis Talk 101 all around the world as we have so many great articles and blogs on the site for you guys to check out and read. Call us up anytime. 1-800-420-1980. That's right, 1980. Go check out the IG pages at Cannabis Talk 101. My brother from another mother right there. Blue is at the number one. Christopher Wrights. I am at Joe Grande 52 And if you want to turn your typical into something special, folks, when it comes to infused products, the flavor you taste should be just as enjoyable as the feeling you experience. Visit the website, Loranoils.com. Our guest on the show is not only a rock chalk Jayhawk, but Nick, I got to tell you, I rocked this just for you today, brother. As you can see, you, you're looking
4: good. You're looking real good. You like, you that already right know. There? You already know. Now, you know, I love that. You know, you, I love that. You like this? Okay. I, I gotta be quiet about that. You know, i done down in the ozarks i gotta be i gotta be a little bit i gotta be subtle about that but you you can't let everybody know
3: around you how much you're a rock chocker. but i know you are as i looked at your linkedin but nick rinaldi you guys the ceo of hippos now hippos is a vertically integrated cannabis company serving the adult use and medical markets of good old missouri now hippos is committed To mind and body wellness, they strive to offer the most eco-friendly and reliable packaging available when possible. Their retail stores support sustainability in the effort to support current and future generations. As a part of this commitment, they offer reusable exit bags and actually encourage their companies customers to bring them back when they shop. I think that's pretty smart right there. More people should try and use that little strategy right there. I love the mission statement that they have there, Blue. Check this out. We aim to protect and further the right of all individuals to experience both the joy and the powerful healing properties of cannabis and related products. Now, Nick is an expert in both alcoholic beverage and cannabis product development, distribution, and regulation, as Nick previously served as the COO of Verdant Distribution out here in good old Los Angeles. So he came from the West to head back to the Midwest. Hippos LLC currently operates dispensaries under the name Hippos Marijuana Dispensary, Throughout the state of Missouri, a cultivation and manufacturing facility under the name OG Yields and has developed brands such as Sundro, Atta, and Boy Pony that are available throughout the state for purchases. Check out their website, hipposcannabis.com. And Hippos Cannabis is on IG, H I P P O S C A N N A B I S. They have three locations in Chesterfield, Columbia, and Springfield. Welcome to the show, Nick. Yes, yes, yes. What
4: up, Nick? Nick? That That's- is a hell of an intro right there. I like that. I mean, we, can, you- uh, we can circle back. We can just do that again. I like that. <laughs> I mean, came in high.
3: Let's uh, just do that again and again. Nick, so, right. I mean, let's just talk about this because I see on your LinkedIn that you went to KU. My wife went to KU. My family's from Kansas, a small little town out there called Cheney. I fly in there all the time. I'm supposed to go out there for the 4th of July. So, you know, my brother-in-law is uh, a very famous football coach out there his team's just hasn't lost the game in four years out there uh and so I, I love the area and I noticed is it you're from Kansas originally
4: no I'm a, I'm actually from uh Illinois originally uh grew up in a small town in Quincy Illinois right on the uh, Mississippi River um about two hours north of St Louis and then and ended up uh you know ended up in Lawrence Kansas uh for college, uh, went to Kansas there, you know, center of the earth as far as I'm, as, as far as I'm concerned, you get it. You know, you go to Allen field house. Once you catch a game, I mean, you're going to have that fever forever. Um, you know, and then from there I, I, my career kind of took me all over the place. I've spent a little time in Phoenix. I lived in Las Vegas, spent a good amount of time in Chicago, um, down to Los Angeles. Um, you know, I've uh, been now in Missouri, so and we're we're located in the Ozarks. So you know, I'm kind of like Marty Bird out here. I love that. Um, show. You know, you're yeah, right. So we we got that. We we kind of took the. So you mentioned OG yields. That's what our uh, production facility goes by. Is OG yields, and uh, you guys are out in Cali. You guys know what OG stands for in the cannabis vernacular. That's ocean grown. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people think it's original gangster, but it's ocean grown. Yeah. For us, it's Ozark grown. So we still let, you know, we we, we nice. play our so we're Ozark grown, baby. Love so, that. Yeah. Perfect.
1: OG, Ozark grown. <laughs> and right. as you mentioned
3: Ozarks, I just got to mention, that's one of the best shows that Netflix has ever put out. I mean, oh. yeah, there's a.
4: There's a lot I can't of, wait I for mean, the next
3: season to come out. I'm actually jonesing for it. It's been—I I'm, I'm, hate that I'm current on it. Like, you know what I mean, I wish I had a few more episodes to watch.
4: I mean, you—you you just come down and visit. You can—you can experience live action. I mean, is—is it you, crazy you, like the, that? The is
1: people,
4: it? Let me ask. You know, you go—you go to the lake. The lake itself—it's um, a lot nicer than what people realize it is. I mean, it's beautiful homes. You know, million-dollar boats left and right. Where we're located. It's a beautiful town, but it's a little bit—you know—the area is a little bit more, a little more gritty. Ve- much more close to what, uh, and the surrounding areas are a lot closer to what uh, you see on the show. And the, the sense of community is a lot like you see in the show. I mean, everybody knows each other. I yeah. mean, their grandparents, their
1: cousins. I mean, you know, every, it's, it's, I mean, most, a lot of people that
4: work here—you know—they they knew each other from high school.
1: Yeah, so. everybody that that's still there, you know, that's been there for. More than 10 years or whatever, pretty much knows. And if you're there for more than two years, everybody knows who you are, whether they like you or whether they don't. (laughs) Yeah,
4: that's a fact.
3: All that being said, I literally called my wife and I said, Hey, by any chance, do you know who Nick Ronaldo is? And she goes, No, ranella sorry. And she goes, No, I don't. I go, Well, I just figured all of you guys know each other from out there. That you know, does Uh, does the fast bender name ring a bell to you?
4: (laughs) The fast bender, now it does. Doesn't, but uh, I'm sure if you start mentioning the hawk, she knows about the hawk and the wheel. You know, there, there's things in common there.
3: So. oh, dude, I've been to State Line. I've been to weddings out there, right there where Missouri is, and that whole downtown where that lake is and the river. It's just so it's mm-hmm. beautiful out there. I, I can contest. I've been there, Nick. I think it's one of the most beautiful places on earth, and not only good that- people. Yeah, great people. Not only that, Missouri's making so much noise out there. That's why I was so happy when this came across to me to see that you're running, sure. you know, a big company out there. And this 420, you guys had Wiz Khalifa, you had Burner, you had a huge 420 event out in Missouri. That was like a Vegas style event, let alone, you know, L.A. So Missouri is making a lot of noise with cannabis and you guys being a dominant force out there is Hippo's Cannabis by far one of the biggest names and dispensaries out there.
4: You, you know, it's one of the biggest names for me. I don't know if it's the biggest names out there, but we're we're definitely making an impact. Um, you know, we are uh, we're located in the St. Louis area, and then we have one in uh, Columbia, Missouri, where the University of Missouri is, which is the only school within the SEC that has that's uh, located in a legal state. So um you know it's one of those things where people go to visit their friends that you know maybe they're watching alabama play mizzou you know then they might want to partake a little bit and uh who knows what they do from there but that's up to them um and then we're down in springfield missouri so you know we've got some great things covered as you see in my background we got the california rays those are grown so that is kind of our moniker for our uh our sundro brand but it, it's been a uh it's been a wild ride Um, and a lot of it just, you know, goes back to the fact that we have common sense regulations, you know, they've, they've put, they, they, you know, they put together a framework where the cannabis industry can thrive and in too many places, you know, it's just not the case, you know? And so we've, we've been able to boom Um, hippos, you know, we, but the, uh, some of my partners, the guys who kind of first organized uh, this company, or ex hockey players, uh, ex, uh, St. Louis blues players. So, oh. uh, if there's any hockey fans listening, uh, you know, Brett Hall is one of our, one of my partners. We actually, uh, developed a strain Brett Hall number 16. I believe Brett is like the number four uh, goal scorer of all time in the NHL. Wow.
1: wow. Uh, wow. So he's
4: pretty legit. He's got a statue of himself outside of the stadium in St. Louis. So he's a big deal. And then we have Kelly chase, who was a, uh, Enforcer for the Blues for 13 years. Um, he still is not somebody to fuck with. All right. I would not want to go toe to toe with this guy. Not the players at all, they, man. They're, they're the
3: nicest guys, but they're right? sort of savages.
4: Right? Yeah, they're tough. And then we have Barrett Jackman. So, you know, the St. Louis area, we really, it's nice because you get these hometown heroes um, that got behind something. And, and the real reason to get behind it to begin with is they got in the cannabis space. Not because they were active users, uh, unlike myself, I've been with the plant for a long, you know, for, for longer than I haven't. Um, but they had a lot of the players. Kelly's the uh, president of the Retired Players Association, and they have a lot of alumni um, have opioid addiction problems. And sure. these guys are getting banged up, you know, big time. Um, you, you think you watch a hockey game? I mean, you're seeing these guys basically getting like 20 car accidents a game, right? they're slamming up against the boards and everything else. And so, you know, they were looking for a better, you know, a better alternative um, to keep their players off of from getting addicted to these opioids. And then, uh, you know, I know Kelly had some brain lesions himself um and so they're looking at different therapies um that could you know help them and that's kind of with his journey into cannabis and these guys i mean they you know it's not just a hockey player and it's not just a um you know somebody that was in the military i mean there's all types of people that have i mean life is tough you know you get banged up and so it's nice to have some other alternatives so it's it's great to have guys like that um kind of bring the hometown heroes to shed shed the light on that you know because even in california when i was there um i remember being at my cousin's kid's t-ball game and uh you know getting introduced to the the other parents and whatnot that are around and this woman asked what i did i'm like i run a cannabis company i mean i, I might as well have like a third eye i mean and she thought <laughs> and you could tell she was she was not pleased with the answer and, you know, you get people from it's the middle, line, they think, man, ca- California is like wild. It's like, it's just, it's not, it's not, you know, it took so, it took a while and I feel like 2018, you know, when things, uh, you know, became wreck out there, it did a lot to normalize it. You know, obviously there's a, there's still plenty of people out there that haven't, you know, fully embraced the plant and, and there's still um, kind of that reefer madness, but in every state, you know, that kind of gets beat down, but it gets beat down through education and then people having access and they realize, hey, my neighbor doesn't, my neighbor's actually a pretty good person and uh, they consume cannabis. So maybe this isn't as bad as I thought it was. And people like Kelly and Brett and Barrett, when they're out there, it's nice because it kind of gives, you know, the general public that ball pass to say, you know, this stuff's not that bad and it can actually help.
1: Nicholas, you know, I want to I discuss you know some of the licensing you have and yep. uh, what it took to kind of go through that process. It's Cannabis Talk 101. We'll be right back with Nicholas on nice. that.
2: Subscribe to our weekly newsletter on our website, CannabisTalk101.com. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you, but consider this. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com/news. That's lifelock.com/news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here.
4: Welcome
2: back to Cannabis Talk 101.
3: Caliwana from cannabis operations to financial wealth management. We got your back, folks. Check them out online at caliwana.com. C-A-L-I-W-A-N-N-A.com or on Instagram, caniwana brands. We're sitting here with the man, the myth, the legend from Hippos out in good old Missouri. Nicholas, Blue was asking you about some licensing out there. Blue, go ahead and take it away.
1: No, I mean you know obviously you you've had to go uh, you know and 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 work with the uh, you know for us it's it's California regulations it's different you know it's different applications there's there's lotteries um, you know there's been all kinds of different ways I'm interested to see you know how, how does that you know did that work out for you over there
4: absolutely um, you know I think Missouri overall their their program is the best it's the best in the country that I'm seeing. Um, And so there was a merit-based application process. I don't think any of those are perfect when they get out there because a lot of times you have people judging them. Maybe they don't have the qualifications to necessarily be judging the answers to your questions, uh, to the questions that were presented. But it was a merit-based application. It had uh, 60 or so general questions um, that were for all license types. And then there was, you know, anywhere from 10 to 15 that were uh, specific to the actual license type. Um, And those license types are, we have a cultivation license in Missouri. We got a manufacturing license in Missouri, so those are separate. Um, We have a dispensary license in Missouri, um, and we have a lab license. And then the last license would be a transport license. So they limited it to begin with to 60 cultivation licenses, you could own. You could own no more than three of them. They had a um, dispensary license. Um, they originally awarded twenty-four per congressional district, which was nice. The way that they did that, and they didn't. Um, the local municip- municipalities were not allowed to um, zone you out of an area specifically zone you out, so that they could, you know, they could do it if they wanted to and say, hey, we're not going to have this type of business. And all next thing you know. The only area is five feet from a church, um, and so that's not going to work. So they had the, you know, kind of those standard federal uh, things that you'll see out there where you got to be a thousand feet from a school, church, daycare. Uh, But they had 196 of those. It was 24 per congressional district. The nice thing with that is we don't really have any cannabis desert. So you go to other states. You know, California is a great spot. I mean, I lived in uh, Hermosa Beach, uh, loved it there. But my closest dispensary was. You know, 30 minutes with no traffic. You know, it's 45 minutes with traffic. Um, in and Missouri, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. In, in Missouri, you're, you know, you can be the most rural part of Missouri and you're going to be within 30 minutes of a dispensary. So they did that. You could own up to, at the time, you could have up to five dispensaries uh, when those original applications went out. Um, the manufacturing, you could have, I believe up to three manufacturing licenses per entity. Um, they released 86 of those. And then the labs, I believe there was 10 labs. Um, and that was a situation where you couldn't own, you know, it, another part of the vertical and on the lab, which makes a, makes a lot of sense. I don't want the fox you know, in the hen house. And then the transportation licenses, uh, there's an unlimited amount. So as long as you meet the minimum requirements, you're able to get in. So through the merit-based process, um, they asked a series of questions. You got either a zero, a seven or zero, four, seven, or a 10, a zero. You didn't meet the minimum requirements Four, you. meet, You met the minimum requirements, seven, you went above and beyond. Um, and then 10 was a distinctive answer. So, you know, 10 was a little bit arbitrary, you know, as far as what the, um, you know, the, no one got the 10. Was, <laughs> it, it, it depends. You know, you, you might've caught him on a good day. You're going to 10. Uh, You catch them on a bad day, you may not. But the fours, you know, are pretty obvious. It's like, hey, this was a, you met the minimum requirements. Anything above the minimum requirements, you know, should have been a seven. Um, Now, I've got 14 appeals out there. So I'm in the middle of a a suit suit with the state right now because we believe, hey, this doesn't make a lot of sense. Just like in a lot of other states, um, sometimes the results don't always. You know, jive up. We we got our cultivation license here in uh, Vienna, Missouri. I applied for three cultivation licenses, every single one of them had the exact floor plan, exact address, this, that, and the other. I got three different scores. Um, one of them got me a license, so it's kind of like, well, how do gotcha. I get the same score on these other two? So, so I mean, you we had some of the, we had a lot of the same issues that I think everybody else had, you know, these merit-based applications. I still think it's the best way to go about it. I mean, you want to ensure that the people that are going to be standing these industries up are actually going to have the capability to do it. One thing I don't think that they, um, you know, in a lot of states, they put enough onus on is the amount of capital that that it takes. And, you know, it it has, um, you know, I see people a lot of times complain like, "Oh my God! Like this is this capital requirement. It's it's too much. How could I ever? You know, we I'm just this you know small guy trying to make it happen. It's like, well, to be honest, it's somewhat saving people from themselves because it's going to cost that much. You know, it's if if you got to show that you have half a million dollars, you can put together a uh, you know commercial scale size grow for half a million dollars. You can teach me something." Nick, uh,
3: you're so, so well versed in cannabis already. And I say already, because I mean, it's it's not that you haven't been with the company long. You started in March of 2019, but you really come from a, a big spirit background. I mean, you're working with El, uh, Anheuser-Busch for God's sakes back in the day and the COO of Vernon Distributions and then Helix Spirits and doing your thing there. Why cannabis? Why, and not only why cannabis, but I love the fact that they get a man and any person, woman at that too, any people that have such great high expertise in other fields and then bring them into cannabis. But how and why did you decide to take this role as a CEO of this company?
4: Well, um, I guess it's kind kind of a two-part question. Why why can't I mean I love weed? I mean that that was that one of the that's Easy. one of the reasons I love I love Easy the product, thought. right? So that was a uh you Know why wouldn't I? Uh, but why, why, why did I, what I move from Formosa Beach to you know Osage Beach in the Ozarks? I mean, that's a that was just a matter of really looking at the regulations. Uh, you know, back when I was with Verdant, I was working with a gentleman named Matt Cook who, who was doing some consulting for us, became good friends with the guy. Um, still friends with him, and Matt was the chief regulator out in Colorado, so he wrote the law in Colorado. He was the you know, the head enforcement officer there. And he was working with this group out in Missouri. And he's he brought me the opportunity. And I said, Nick, you know, another thing, because we were talking about, hey, where California was going. I remember talking to the CDTFA uh, um, about the 19% tax. And I'm like, guys, hey, like, do you guys understand what this is going to do? And, and, you know, it was like, you want me to collect it? What happens if the dispensary says, fuck it and doesn't pay me? Like, who? Who, who who How do you how do I collect from somebody else if they go under? There's all kinds of crazy questions and you know a lot of good intentions and you're also trying to get things passed and it was always it always cracked me up. You get uh, people say, well, you know this 19% tax, I'm here bitching about it. They're telling me how great it is. It's like, well, this is what people voted for. I'm like, all right, how out of touch are you? People voted for legal weed. They did not vote for 19% tax. Do you think There's they ran for the whole fucking thing? It never happened. Um, and so Missouri, I looked at the regulations, and it just—you could tell it was just gonna. I mean, it was gonna work. You know, it looked like it was gonna work. You know, there's always the devil in detail. How <laughs> the regulator is gonna, yeah. you know, respond to it? But you know, that's what that's what drove me to Missouri cannabis. You know, you know, kind of expand on that a little bit further is the 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 time that I really got, or I guess the aha moment, or when i shifted you know my um kind of my efforts from the beverage space into cannabis um the way it happened was just kind of with, you know uh it was my age at the time you know i'm in my 40s now um i was ba- i had just i had a, I had a medical distribution company i just went back to my family business which we have a uh, anheuser Busch beer distributor went back i was working alongside my father um it was 2013 and I'll never forget, We're, you know, we're in this small little town, you know, 50,000 people, and me and my father's office were next to each other. And, and uh, I get this little local newspaper. It comes up, and I see that Illinois is legalizing weed, and I pop the door open with the door between the two of us. I was like, Dad, did you see this? Like, we got to do this. I mean, this is, you know, and my my dad, you know, I don't think he, uh, you know, I don't know if all of his friends know, but all of his friends he went to college with uh, certainly know. He was a DJ in college. He went to a school named Regis College in Denver, Colorado, and it was Regis Reefer Rock Radio. Oh, so awesome. I knew he had it. No way. A- yeah. no way. That-
1: Reefer Rock Radio, that was your You're like, re- dad. it gives it up <laughs> in the name, dude. That's I awesome. That.
4: So I-, I felt like he-, he had a little bit of, knowledge, you know, some institutional knowledge that we can maybe utilize yeah. at the same rate, it's a CPG product, so consumer package good. We right. knew how to do that, been doing that my whole group. Um yeah, I just felt like it, there was a lot of things that were transferable. And so um like I said I, I opened it, I'm like that we got we got to make a run at this. Well the first thing I did is I had a friend that I went to the University of Kansas with. Um, that had a spot out in Denver because they had just, I think in 2012 or 2010, right around there, um, that's when those licenses started popping. And I had a buddy that was a you know big smoker in college and he had had to grow. I'm like, fuck, I'm, I'm going to drive out there see if I have the aptitude for this. I mean, I, I don't know if I do. I mean, I, I knew I liked to consume it. I knew I knew it, I knew it looked good, but I wasn't a grower. I'm not going to pretend like I was. Um, I went out there and I kind of saw what he was doing and I was like, I can do this. Like right. we can make this happen. So made a run at it in, um, in Illinois back in 2013, didn't get the license, um, you know, which is fortunate and unfortunate. Um, you know, Illinois a lot of, a lot of those guys are kicking ass and did for a long time. But what people forget is they were, losing their ass for a long time too the qualifying conditions were extremely limited i mean you essentially had to be on your deathbed and then sign away your first child to get a medical card so it was really difficult i know there's a lot of people it's like eighty thousand square foot warehouses with like one plant in them so a lot of the people you see that ended up you know the crescos the gtis the veranos of the world um i don't know if all of them but i know a lot of those guys ended up picking up other people's licenses that just couldn't hold on to rack and so um, I ended up uh, getting hit up by a friend of mine in California uh, when Governor Brown kind of instituted that uh, Prop 64 that had the distribution channel in it. And he was looking for somebody with distribution experience and so I was like, you know, sure, I can do some consulting on that. But, you know, that, that is my wheelhouse. I, no one knows distribution like, like I do, especially, uh, you know, that level we're doing, the DSD uh, distribution, uh, which is direct store delivery. So I I hopped on board with him and think it was gonna be a consulting role. Next thing you know, you know, I'm out in LA and uh, you know, we're distributing to, you know, hundreds and thousands of uh, dispensaries, you know, from Santa Barbara down to San Diego. So that was kind of my journey out of the alcohol space. Not not really thinking that I'm gonna take that full leap. Um, but once I did kind of was no turning back. It's like, hey, I'm I'm in it. Um, and this is my wheelhouse, and it's been nice, too, because as you guys know, there's a lot of people that get in the cannabis space, especially in these merit-based applications, and, and even places where they're not, that, you know, it's either an attorney, or it's some physician, or it's somebody that wins a license, because the legislators feel like we need people with medical experience, but they don't have really any operational experience with any kind of CPG product, or like any kind of retail, or anything like that, so it's like, they've never done it. I don't, and I think that's where a lot of these guys seem like overspend or they put money in the wrong spots or, you know, you see a lot of overstaffing. Um, And it makes sense just because it's like, well, they've never, this is their first go at it. You know? And a lot of people, I think when you look at dispensaries, I think the way that we designed our dispensaries, I feel like you're going to see a lot of dispensaries over the next five, 10 years look a lot more like artists. Than what a traditional dispensary Why looks do you like say that? i think you know how did these dispensaries well when you look at the way that our dispensaries are um put together I, we don't waste the space that most dispensaries in my my view waste a lot of space um you got a lot of you have a huge floor space and there's not a lot of places for you to actually shop um, if you go into our dispensaries um and you can see if you if you look at our instagram at uh Hippos cannabis. So it's at hippos cannabis. You put it in there. You'll be able to see some of the different reels and stuff, but we have, you guys remember blockbuster yep. back in the day, right? And some of your listeners, they might be who well, blockbuster.
1: What the hell is blockbuster? But I'm going to, you today. know, you, you had the, um, right. And big bear. Exactly.
4: exactly. In big barrel. Oh, is there one
3: at big <laughs> bear? I no, they year, but- they're, they're <laughs> all gone, but that's funny. <laughs> It's
1: been, it's been open but, for so, years in Big Bear, and um, and they just shut it down about a year or two ago. And I, I, I've been going to that, that one for years, just, you know, show up. I literally go there to rent movies just to be in Big Bear and kind of like be in a time, uh, you know, warp. Pick you back.
4: Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So we have, our, we have what we call our Weed Wall, and we have all of our products, um, and we have them laminated. And so there's a picture of the product, and on the back there's a description. And so it's like, you know, I, sometimes you want to shop, you want to be able to look and compare our products. You can do that. You can see every product that's in our vault on that weed wall and you can look and you can see the price and it's within our waiting area and our waiting area is in a glass room, And so that glass room, and I'll just, I'm going to draw I'm a little piece, on, it piece paper. Right now, too. This is awesome. So we have, if, if rectangle rectangles are dispensary. Okay. Right. We wait sales. So where you got the W is the waiting room and the S is where the sales floor is. We'll split sure. in the middle as a glass, as a glass wall. So a lot of people would have the waiting room come here and then you'd walk back and you go to the sales floor and there's these two boxes where we have these two long rectangles. And so on the one, on the, on the waiting room rectangle what they are able to do is they're able to shop there you know we have kiosk there they can look up they can look at the pictures online there's several different ways to shop um but it takes up a minimal amount of space it's a tight area you know it's probably 12 feet wide i see a lot of these dispensaries you have this massive area and you're, there's you're not selling anything you know it's just free space i want to utilize every single speed you know, foot of space to sell. I look at, you know, I, I grew up on a beer truck, you know, 14 years old. I was working 40 hours a week. Um, you know, in the summers and over Christmas, hopping on a beer truck, sounding really cool to my friends. And I told them I was getting up at five in the morning and you know, I'm, I'm weighing all like a buck ten at the time and, you know, throwing these cases around it in, in the Midwest, you know, summer it's hot as hell and the winter it's cold. So it was, it was a tough, uh, you know, it was a tough thing, but it, I was going to all these convenience stores and you see how they're set up. And convenience stores utilize their space better than any other retail spot. And that's what we are. I mean, we're a spot where we want you to make in purchases on a weekly basis, on a daily basis. And I see a lot of these stores, you know, I've seen like the, well, we're the Apple store of, of cannabis. Well, how often do people buy Apple products? You know, once sure. a year? Twice a year? You know, so it's a different experience with us we want it to be convenient we want them to be able to spend the time if they need the time but we want them to be able to buzz through if they need to get through i mean I, I know what i want i want to get in and out you know i don't want to wait for a long time and so we try to have a lot of terminals for people to be able to check out we try to have an area where they can peruse as long as they as long as you want to look at all the stuff i mean you want to talk to people you know some people don't feel comfortable talking to people they want to be the experts like let me kind of you know, let me look at the shoes in the shoe department before you, you know, see if I need help, I'm good. You know, I'll let you know yep. when I need help. And so that's kind of how we, we've set our stores up. And I think it's, uh, I really think it's the most efficient way um, to get customers in and out so i'm really excited about that i mean that's uh... listen
1: i like it i like it a lot actually it sounds it sounds like a quick liquor store but with that being said when we come back we want to do the high five with you it's cannabis talk 101 we'll be right back after this
2: break make sure you like follow and subscribe to cannabis talk 101 now now back to the number one cannabis show on the planet you know what F- it now back to the number one cannabis show in the universe cannabis talk 101
3: lay low baby just hit it check them out on instagram at club lay low, c-l-u-b-l-a-y-l-o-w or check out the website club It's Cannabis Talk 101. We're talking to the man, the myth, the legend, Nick. Everything you're saying, dude, is so on point what Hippos is doing. And as we were just talking about the IG, one of the things that I noticed as you not made me look at it, but already had it pulled up and I was looking at it as you're describing the thing. I really like your Instagram with the information that you guys are putting out, right? Like the fact Missouri Legal Cannabis Market has created 9,200 plus jobs and that's still growing right there. That's some stuff that you look at and you go, wow, like who wouldn't, what other, like what the hell is Kansas waiting for? You know what I mean? When you see something like that, fact, prescription drugs killed an estimated 108,000 people last year in the U S cannabis killed zero fact, George Washington grew medical grade Marijuana. Like my point is I'm looking at this. I can go on and on because I can keep scrolling. And as I was looking at these facts, I go, dude, stuff like that intrigues me. I love facts. I love stats. I love just more data information. Blue and I are big fans. Of, you know, we we look at cannabis as medicine and and we're all about this as being medicine. If you want to smoke a joint for recreational, God bless you. But, you know, we can't wait for the day where it's, you know, I have a headache. I'm 200 pounds and you need to take this pill because this will work for you as a male or whatever. Right. And just facts like that is my point. When I see things like this, like you're doing, 36 is the number of states in the U.S. where medical marijuana is legal. It's just cool. It's on point to. My beliefs, our beliefs at Cannabis Talk One Hundred and One, which is informing people, is cannabis for everybody? No, try it yourself, microdose, see if you know. Take a little hit, take a pill, take a, a gummy, a half a gummy, see if it helps you. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But it feels like, that's the motto with you guys. Like you guys are out there just trying to push out facts. You want to come try it? Come by our store, and I like that Brett Hall is doing meet and greets out there with you know the celebrity guests and as the yeah. as host of one of the, of the dispensary. It's just cool to see what you guys are doing, and the logo looks cool too. Give me a description of how you guys came up with that logo because it kind of reminds me of. In and out ish a little bit, you know what I mean? And then, you know, you're from out as I see it on your hat, and I see this here. Yeah, like, where did this logo come from, and how did you guys come up with it?
4: So, uh, you know, when, when we were first coming up with, uh, you know, Hippos, you know, it's a great name that we came up with. Uh, you know, I wanted something that wasn't going to be like can of this or organic that, um, something that was a little bit different because, you know, like any kind of, you know, I think your dispensaries. In my in my view, are the number one brand right now in the cannabis space, dispensaries. Period. You know, and I'm I'm really excited about Sundro. You know, that's our flagship wholesale brand. If you go to Sundro at Sundro Cannabis, you can see our whole seed to sale video, so you can see our facility, what it looks like, you kind of see the whole process. It's pretty cool. See what the lay of the land at the Ozarks looks like. Um, but with the branding, at the end of the day, um, yeah, I think when people People go to hippos to buy weed. You know, I want them to go buy stunt but I think at the end of the day, it's like, Hey, I'm going to go pick up some weed and we're going, I'm going to hippos, you know, or i going to this dispensary. I'm going to people's, you know, you're out in Orange County, wherever you may be going, you're going to there to buy weed. And so I think it's important to brand your brand yourself and, and have a, a name that you can, that's distinguishable between other brands, right? You don't want it to sound just like the next brand, because if it sounds like, you know, your root this or your, you know, your nature is that it's like, shit, it's nature is like, Oh, I just pulled this up on my phone. You know, which one was it again? You know, is it, was it nature's or was it natural? I'm not sure. And so we wanted something that was different. Um, the other thing is I wanted something that wasn't green. You know, that was another thing we wanted to stand out something that wasn't green. Um, a lot of it goes back to my uh, beverage background. You know, I'm like, there's reasons why people have chosen these colors for these brands. It's because they stand out. Um, we're a retail brand. So I want you to be able to see my um, – I, I want you to see me from the street. So if you're driving by and um, you know you see, you see a sign, you're not going to see blue very good at night. You don't see purple very good at night. You don't see green very good at night. You see red very well at night. So you have McDonald's. So you have Target. So you have all these things. And so we went to a company called the Brand Terminal. Uh, based out of Los Angeles, um, big shout out to the Brand Terminal. They did a lot of great work for us, um, and so we went to them. They're a, a boutique agency. Gave them the direction. Um, they came back to us. We, you know, I told them I wanted. I was big on red. I wanted something with red, but I wanted it to look cool. Um, they ended up throwing some, and you know, I liked pink. You know, I didn't want to go heavy into pink, but I'm like, I don't mind. You know blurring those lines and that's one of those things that they were pushing on us they came up with that ombre um which looked awesome with kind of the the red and the pink um but you know as i mentioned earlier and i got you know three partners and and just under 10 total partners they're all in their uh you know from their mid-40s to mid-60s um guys living in the midwest Three of them are ex hockey players. When I first brought that in, they're like, "Dude, we what's I this spooky think. shit you are showing yeah, me there?" Yeah. Exactly, like, we're not doing this. So I'm like, "All right, guys, like look around the room. Uh, I trust these gals over here more than I'm going to trust uh, you know what you guys think is cool, what you don't think is cool." Lucky for me, within like the next like week or two, the Bleacher Report. Ended up changing their color scheme to nearly match ours. So I'm like, hey guys, look at we're, we're we're out of that. And then uh, I think the Pantone that the uh, that the group at the brand terminal ended up picking ended up being the Pantone color of the year. So that's kind of how that you know how that happened um, with with the look. But I wanted something that was going to be bright, you know, when you walked in. I didn't want it looking like a head shop. I didn't want it looking like a a skateboard shop. I wanted it something my mother was going to be comfortable walking into. Um, Cause I know, you know, all all the, all me and my stoner friends, they're coming in, they're coming for the weed, you know? So I needed some, I needed something that was going to be unintimidating. um, Something that people were going to be comfortable with. And it's gotta be shoppable too. I mean, you, you have to have like a bright store. There's a reason, you know, to me, I go back to the convenience stores. It's like, it's the most expensive real estate out there, every convenience store, they have the best real estate. They utilize all of it. What are they doing? I mean, I looked at, and you know, I did a lot of, you know, we got into this retail space. I, would, you know, I didn't spend a lot of time in malls before that, but I'll tell you what, from the time we started our concept to the time we finished, I visited more shops in the mall, you know, just walking out, what, what catches my eye? You know, the nice thing is you go you go walk a mall, there's hundreds of stores all next to each other. Well, which one caught your eye the quickest? Exactly. Okay, now why did it catch your eye the quickest? So I think, I think you had to be really intentional with the way that you go about um, putting any of these together, and that's what we did. We everything was very deliberate, very intentional, um, and I, that's where I think like you get a lot of people who, what they do is they fly out to California and they fly out to Colorado, and it's kind of you know do what they did. So how did they build their dispensary? Well, that's what a dispensary looks like. When in all reality, most of these dispensaries, um, the the first couple ones were built on a, you know, a lean budget. You know, you had some backpack boys that ended up getting a license and you just basically took over whatever that store's footprint was and you changed nothing.
3: Yeah. And
4: I think that, I think that's what you see in a lot of these stores. You can see, well, this just looks like a old convenience store or whatever it was before. And they just threw, oh, they just drywalled the waiting room in there because that's the state that they needed to do. And, you know, they took off where you see some of these ground up builds and I'm like, didn't take any of that into consideration so um i do think that you're going to see a shift but that's kind of how we got to where our logos are and, and everything else was kind of and it's
3: it's, based intriguing. On being it's like hippos, what is that you know what i mean and then not only that when you yeah. have the h with just the two lines on the top mm-hmm. and the bottom as i want to say simple not in a negative way it's simple Maybe. cool right it's like Appreciate i look that. at that and i go oh i'd rock that you know what i mean and and the right. color schemes i i think it's on point that's why i was asking about it going dude it looks yeah. cool the hat you're wearing looks cool it could be a restaurant it could be a car dealers it could be anything you just don't right. know but then once you do well, that's why i mean really... my
4: gear that people are gonna wear
3: yeah you know what i mean exactly you got right. you got to send us some gear out here so we can rock some of this out here in california we got,
4: we'll get you guys hooked up and Hi- hippos you know it's the You know, it was medical, and so we we did a little play on the Hippocratic Oath, you know, uh, which the Hippocratic Oath, but you know, essentially says that, you know, we are going to do our best to serve our patients and to not do anything that's going to harm them. And so that's kind of, you know, that really is our mission. We want to be able to help help our customers and help our patients and help them on their cannabis journey. Um, Because we know, you know, whether it's your first time in or you've been going to dispensaries forever, you know, we want to be, you know, we have the products. And, you know, the nice thing is we've got a, you know, we've got a pretty special team too. So it's been exciting.
3: Let me ask you, Nick, this is random, but you know, being out there in the Midwest and I know they voted for it, that they wanted legal cannabis, but it's the Midwest dude. And you know, there's still people out there and everywhere for that matter, but you know, you're pretty close to all, well, you're right next to a state that has no legalization yet whatsoever in Kansas. And a lot of people are like, Oh no, it's still taboo. It's the devil. It's the kukui. It's such, such bad thing are you guys dealing with anybody coming into the store? I don't want this here. My kids are driving by it's Sunday. We're going to church and how dare hippos be open?
4: No, we don't, That's you know, awesome. to be frank, we, we just don't. I mean, we, we do have people that stop on their way to and from church. So we do have the church goers. Um, and you can see it. I mean, like Springfield is a, I mean, Springfield's in the Bible belt. I right. mean, it is in the absolute Bible belt. That's our, um, you yeah, know, Florida is great for us. Um, and it's like, you know, you can, you can have a relationship with uh, whatever religion that, that you're into and have a relationship with cannabis and uh, you're doing all right. I mean, I've just seen, you know, especially here in Missouri, it's been nice, you know, and you get a lot of people that, you know, you get the jokes, you know, Oh, you're doing this. Oh, it's reefer, for, but once they get into it, I mean, they understand, they see the benefit, you know, it, Missouri was hit really hard with the opioid crisis, really hard, and this whole area has. Um, and yeah, so for that matter, they, yeah, totally. So they see what you know what the alternative looks like, and it's not pretty. Um, and you know, it, it always amazes me the people that they feel like you know, I feel like it's you know, politicians looking to protect, um people and oftentimes the loudest voices are the minority they're not the majority right and some of the people screaming not in my backyard this and that but that's not the majority of how we would have got the vote if it was the majority and the majority of the people wanted it um I, you know i look at our dispensaries um you know on a, if i'm not in the dispensaries i'm on the cameras on a daily basis if nothing else And i'm seeing you know you, you see people every day that are in their 80s coming in and picking up products because it's helping them you know they're looking for something that's like Shit, i'm on all these pills i want to have something that's different um they also you know people want to you know they're intrigued by it you know they see what they're doing and they might have their grandkids you know working in this industry and they've been hearing about it and they want to see what's going on it for most people it's not their first ever experience with cannabis i mean so it's been um you know as taboo as you would think it would be it's not as bad. I mean, it's just really not. I mean, you go to you go anywhere in the country. And like I said, I've kind of lived all over the place. It's like everybody's consuming cannabis, and they have been for a long time.
3: Right. So that being said, as you said, and as we know from the stats, and we've said this a bunch on this show, you know, the, the highest uh, amount of people that are going to the dispensaries are 50 and over. I mean, and that's around the country. That being said, what are the number one items being sold at Hippos Marijuana
4: Dispensary? But right now for us it's that Sundro flower that's behind me. Um it's we're a lot we're a lot like any other market. I mean and that's the house you get brand. into that's a house brand. So love that we've got our you know our cultivator Ben Friedenberg. Um super proud of him. Ben came from, is from Missouri originally. Um very smart. I mean, highly intelligent plant scientist. Um Went and got his uh, degree in plant sciences while I was uh, at the University of Missouri. He did that. Unlike you know, a lot of people you, you see a lot of these commercial growers anymore. Um, either got you came out of the black market, or you got this plant science degree. Well, Ben went and got his plants. Ben, yeah, Ben went and got his plant science degree so he could learn how to grow wheat better. Um, so he had that relationship with the plant, plant. And then he went on to Colorado, to California, and then we got him to come back here. Uh, but so we're putting out, you know, some really special products, which has been great. So flower, you know, that, that's still our, you know, the top mover, top moving category in all of our dispensaries. Um, and then it just, you know, you got pre-rolls, edibles, I mean, it's carts, it's kind of, it's kind of the same as you'll see anywhere. You know, the easiest thing, you know, people I think first are getting in, you know, back into cannabis, um, They've either had flour before you get, we sell a lot of pre-rolls because that, you know, that joint's already done for them. Exactly. Um, I can't, can't say that I don't uh, utilize that pre-roll option quite a bit. It's, it's easy. You know, it's a lazy man's way of doing it. And then you have, um, you know, the carts because they're, you know, a little bit more discreet. So people love those. And then I think a lot of people, especially you get that 50 plus, um, you know, they don't, they don't use cannabis. They're, they, they are not cannabis consumers but they will try a gummy
3: exactly you know, that's so that's kind a of a big, lot of the older uh, folks yeah, i would think yeah. would be much easier to use especially when you're dealing with your arthritis mm-hmm. you're this and that mm-hmm. and they're 65 years old and don't want to start smoking again because maybe mm-hmm. they used to smoke or no longer to smoke and don't want to actually have that smoke in their lungs so i can
4: see yeah I would think edible sales of yeah edible sales have increased but it, it's still dominated by flour
3: and sundro is the number one if you're out there folks try that bad pony and of course they're excited about the brand new bread hole number 16 it's now time to do the high five with our guest out of good old missouri the ceo of this amazing company out there folks if you're out there and you're going to hit a dispensary make sure you hit that one up it's called hippos and nick is the ceo nick question number one of the high five how old are you the first time you smoked cannabis and where did you get it from
4: so I was uh, 13, 14 years old. I was, at, out of all the places I could have possibly been, I was at the Lake of the Ozarks. No way. So, You're back uh, and it's, it's funny. It goes full circle. I right? yes. mean, this is, this is destiny. Um. So I was at the Lake of the Ozarks. I was at a, uh, a buddy's lake house, and his older brother had a little bit of pot. And so he wanted to know if we wanted it. It's like, of course we want it. You guys are, you know, you guys are, you guys are cool. You're, you're, uh, you know, consuming. So we, that was the, the first experience is down at the Lake of the Ozarks with a, a couple buddies and we were, I don't know, seventh, eighth grade. So. And who had it? Look. His bro- his older brother. Oh, wow. So we we got he, he he packed the bowl and gave it to us. I think he was just wanting us to get away from him and his friends. You know, uh-huh. it's like this will work. We thought it was great, you know. So I don't know if it the the weed the weed could have been you know the worst ditch weed in the world, but let me tell you, we thought it was amazing. So and that's all that, that was at that age. Yeah. It was that's right? all like, that matters. But you know, obviously, it's like I like that so.
3: That's awesome. Now, question number two of the high five, Nick, the CEO of Hippos. What is your favorite way to use cannabis?
4: My favorite is uh, smoking. I'm a flower guy from way back. So I guess it goes back to, uh, you know, just, just kind of my age and the fact that I've been consuming as long as I have, Is I still like the ritual of uh, smoking, probably a joint would be my favorite way to consume. Um, so, yeah, I'm a I'm a joint guy.
3: Nice. Okay. Question number three, craziest place you ever used or smoked cannabis.
4: You know, I grew up, I had a fairly, um, stri- grew up in a fairly strict household. Although my dad was the head of, uh, you know, or not the head, but he was a DJ at reefer rock radio. Um, things tightened up, uh, I, I you know, in the house. So consuming, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this consuming in my bedroom. When my parents were at the house, that was actually the craziest because it's like that you could, you know, th- this could turn into getting your ass kicked. Like it, exactly, you could come in there and right. just give you a in yeah. the mouth. <laughs> right. So that was always dangerous.
3: Yeah, I don't know what I would do if my fucking kids started lighting up in the house in the room. Right, right. and and it's funny because I go back, you know, I started smoking at the age of six, and you know, it's... I go so far back with it. And as you say, your dad was a DJ. I was a DJ on the radio for a long time. I worked at Power One Hundred Six Kiss FM. You know, sports talk. I've done all kinds yeah. of shows, and now I'm doing a cannabis talk show. So my kids got to know that. Are they? And the funnier thing is, is Nick, I don't even smoke weed. I use products. I've been sober twenty four mm-hmm. plus years, but I use all the products. I don't just smoke joints. You know what I mean? I'll... Right. Particularly for medicine, I had a surgery. I I ingested a lot of THC, but it's funny. I'm just thinking as you say that it would be crazy for my kids too if they chose to do that at home
4: well you know what i got one other one i was in germany so i was getting a treatment for lyme disease i was in a bad way i was in a wheelchair at one point and so i was on this and this is recently so this is right before i moved out to california this, this is actually the craziest spot we're in i'm in germany i'm at this hospital there's probably 30 of us there and um i'm jonesing you know i've been there my, my younger brother's there kind of the caretaker for me and i'm in like day seven or eight of this treatment actually i'm longer than that. i'm a day 13 because i was flying back on the on the day 15 and 14th was my last day day, day there before they to kind of give your exit program so i'm out there and um like I said, there's like 30 people from all over the world um, are at this place, you know, trying to get help and doing this th- this uh, therapy called hyperthermia, where they heat your body up to over 107 degrees, and and so you're really going through it. And I was in, like I said, I was in a wheelchair. I, mean, I was in a bad way. I went from being like, you know, doing all these different sports and this, that, and the other, so I couldn't walk. I mean, I couldn't walk around a grocery store. It was bad. Mm, and sorry. so I'm I'm in Germany, and I'm like tell my brother i'm like dude we gotta find some weed man like it's been it's been nearly two weeks man i got i'm yelling at heart and uh i see this nurse and she's it's this white chick with dreads you know and she's got like a grateful dead shirt on so i'm like this is a dead giveaway. i'm like if we don't figure something out soon, i'm asking her i know she knows where the weed is um well we end up in the cafeteria and there's these two women talking they look like soccer moms from the u.s and this one lady thought that we overheard her we didn't she's asked us you know do you guys want some edibles so i'm like you brought edibles with you from yeah she's like i'm from boulder i brought i brought some edibles so i'm like i'm oh, in like yes we want these yeah please so so that night we're watching tv on our uh, on our computer watching a little netflix and you know my brother's 11 years younger he takes the whole thing I and it's this little gummy. I take a quarter, nothing. I wait like 20 minutes, take the other quarter, nothing. Wait another 20 minutes. I'm oh like, fuck it. I eat the whole thing. And this is a regimented program. It's in Germany. So everything is like, you have to be on time to everything. You know, eight o'clock, you got to be at this point, but that appointment, the next right. appointment. And if you're late, they charge you. I mean, this is like very, you know, very strict. So. Next thing I remember, it's 10 a.m. and my younger brother is shaking me. He's like, Nick, we overslept. I mean, this thing had me rocked. So I go and they're doing like the uh, accident interview thing, or they're, they're telling me what my protocol is when I get back to the States. I've got like six German doctors over me. I can barely understand them. I'm thinking, just, just email it to me, dude. Like, I can't, you know, I'm not tracking anything. We get down to lunch. And those ladies go, well, how? they go, how you doing? I go, how the fuck do you think I'm doing? I go, I'm still high. She goes, well, how much did you take? We ate the whole thing. They were 100 milligrams. We had no idea. I mean, oh, I, I, I was, you know, awesome. I, I had entered the matrix. I was still feeling it.
3: That is so, so great. And uh, how is the might, disease yeah, yeah. you now?
4: Is it? You know what? I'm I'm making some serious progress, so I'm a, I'm in a lot better place than what I what I was. You know, for a long time I couldn't wear couldn't even wear pants because it hurt so bad in my legs. I had really bad neuropathy. I appreciate you asking. I'm you know I'm probably ninety five percent back to you know fully back to health. Didn't drink for seven years trying to wow. fight that. Oh, yeah. So it's been a journey.
3: I never knew about Lyme disease. I just had a buddy of mine that I did radio with in San Francisco. We used to do morning radio. We had a show called The Dog House, and uh, it made national news. This guy, J.V., ended up uh, committing suicide. And because I know him and I know the family, uh, you know, his Lyme disease was so bad that he couldn't take it anymore. And uh, that's it's kind of like, it's you
4: know, brutal. Know. Yeah, that's
3: why I, was I like, would say ca- like, geez.
4: cannabis, uh, you know, cannabis. I always tell people this, too. My like, cannabis saved my life when it came to that. And it's like, did it cure the Lyme disease? no but it gave my brain a break from all the pain I was going through yeah, every day. I so I could, dude, I, I, g- I could, I could consume it.
3: it. I didn't know it like, Whoa, Lyme disease is that bad for people or, or hurts. Oh. I didn't know it hurt. I didn't even know really what it was. Like I, I couldn't even understand it. You know, it's like when something's just out of left field, you don't know, you don't know. And uh, yeah, it's buddy, crazy. Past, and you to mention it, that's why I like, dude, how's it going for you? Cause fuck my buddy just took his life. So guys, Yeah, it's a, uh right yeah.
4: It's a wild, um, it's a, it, it's a wild and it's a very sad thing. It take, you know, it takes over a lot of people. You don't see it. I didn't look much different than I do now. So people, you know, people don't, if you can't see it, it's hard for other people to really have like the apathy. And so I think it's, and it's very underdiagnosed Has really poor diagnostics for testing for it. So I think there's a lot of people walking around with it that um, don't know that they have it, but they're feeling all these pains. And people think that they're like hypochondriacs because the crazy thing with line is, is not him to take my the I called
3: him a pussy. I invited him to my 50th birthday. No, I can't make it. My body's been hurting too much. Quit being such yeah. a pussy and get your ass down here. I'm like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Just you have no yeah, idea. Well, crazy. I, I hope that uh, treats you better, Nick. Let's go to question number four, of the high five. Nick, the CEO of Hippos out in good old Missouri. What is your go-to munchies after you get
4: high? My go-to munchies is um, you know, I like making popcorn, to be honest. I'm a big popcorn guy or, you know, anything that someone else wants to make and get me You know, at that point. If I'm, if I'm couch lock, you want to bring it over, I'll participate. You're like, I'll so, put my hand in it. Yes. Down yes to say thank goodbye. You.
3: But popcorn, just regular butter. Or kettle or?
4: Yeah. I like, I like making it on the stove top. I'm like, you know, I, oh, I'm a, I feel like I'm a, A popcorn connoisseur, yeah, so get that heirloom popcorn, get it popping on the the stove.
3: Oh, that's, to me, there's nothing better than that, right? Well, the kettle homemade, just getting to find a good kettle corn is phenomenal, but you're right, that homemade anything, like you said, is great. Question number five of the high five, Nick, if you could smoke cannabis with anyone, dead or alive, who would
4: it be and why? You know, um, this person wasn't a wasn't a big cannabis consumer. In fact, he referred to it as dope. Um, never smoked in his life had, uh, grew up with reefer madness. It was my grandfather. If I could, you know, if, if it took cannabis to be the thing to uh, bring him back to spend an extra day with them, I think everybody has a family member, um, that they're close to that they wish they could do that with. Um, I don't care if I'm the only person participating in that, uh, in that session. Um, you know that that would be the guy. I I don't care what the, what what the um, what it was. If it's a, could you do this with them? Could you have dinner with anybody? Could you go to a concert with anybody? Consume cannabis? That you know that's kind of a standard answer for me. It's going to be my grandpa. Grandpa, huh? Pretty that's special so, guy. That's you know what yeah.
3: I personally love those type of answers when it's a family member like a grandpa, the mother, the father, the brother that pa- like, and we've had all these types of answers that have every so many different random answers and obscured answers, but it's the family ones that touch me too. Cause it's like, Oh yeah. Can you imagine? Just sitting there with okay. your lamps. And I'm sure you, and when you say that it just makes me imagine you've had so many stories as a young whippersnapper with that grandpa of yours, teaching you these random lessons as you're older now in life in your forties going, aha, right. now I know what he is. Right. Oh, I was, Guy very- was
4: a G, you know, so he <laughs> was a, In his own right, I mean, he he was a party animal. He was a, a, you know, super great guy, you know, big philanthropist, you know, was definitely gave more than he ever took, you know, in any part of his life. So he's kind of the, you know, set the standard for, you know, who I hope to be and, you know, who, who I hope to emulate. So one more day with him, I'll take it.
3: Well, that's awesome, Nick. You're the CEO of Hippo Cannabis, hippocannabis.com. Three locations out there in Missouri and West Chesterfield at 17409 G Chesterfield Airport Road, Chesterfield, Missouri. Also, if you're in the Columbia area, 2500 Broadway Bluffs Drive. And, you uh, know, good old Columbia. And if you're in Springfield, it's 2868 South Glenstone Avenue in Springfield. Go check it out. You know, they got the good local brands that they're doing. Sundra, pa- uh, Bad Pony, and of course, that new Bread Hole number 16. Is there anything we forgot or you want to mention, Nick, before
4: we let you go? You know, just check out our social handles. Um, you know, I think you covered those at Hippos Cannabis, at Sundro Cannabis. We also have Ada. That's A-T-T-A, like A T T A, like an a boy, add a girl, so add a cannabis. You'll know, look at that, and then uh, bad pony cannabis. Um, we have we also have OG yields, so you can just hit the OG yields. But you'll see a lot of uh, cool content, videos, kind of see what we're up to at our different locations, and kind of see what's going on in Missouri. You know, it's uh, when I first got out here, you know, telling people I'm I'm headed to Missouri, they didn't know where the hell it was. I'm, Southern California, so I'll give them a better idea of uh, you know not a lot of not a lot of people passing geography out there, and I guess they don't need to. But um, you kind of look so to true. see what we're up to. I, I think it's pretty exciting. Yeah, any anything anything east of Vegas, it's like I'm not going. There.
3: What am I going there for? Where is that at? Where? What do you mean? Yeah, Where's right. Nebraska? Is that, is that next to Kansas? Is it next uh, the side of it above it? Where? And, and not only that, I'm the same way. I was literally looking at the map. Is it South Dakota? That's not. I just. I mean I'm one of those Californians that doesn't no, know, I but fly I, I, over. I married in and now I have Kansas gear and when I seen that we were interviewing you I go oh I can't wait to rock my rock chalk I got You're looking good sweaters. I got all kinds of shit and matter of fact my mother-in-law's coming down from uh good old Chini, Kansas. So rock chalk. Remember folks, if nobody else loves
2: you, we do. Thank you for listening to Cannabis Talk 101 with Blue and Joe Grande, the world's number one source for everything cannabis. And make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to Cannabis Talk 101 now.
0: Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robet, and me, Simone Voice.